Test, test, one, two, three. You know who I be. It's your boy, Don Wall, a.k.a. Moral SP. Welcome to Embrace Matters of Race, the first of its kind. Today, we will be reviewing our first film. Won't be the last. Um, I'm joined here by my main man, Carl J., and my homegirl, Kelly Jane. Uh, Let's do what we do best. Let's embrace. Uh, We have a shout-out today, actually, an old friend of mine, y'all. I went to high school with him. His name is Ethan Evans, class of 2007. Uh, He was a part of, I don't know if he was the sole person that did this, but he was a part of a documentary filmed here in Richmond called This is Black. Um, And anybody can watch it on Facebook, actually. If you uh, go to at This is Black on Facebook, that's at This is B-L-A-C-C. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch the, the documentary. Um, have you watched it? I have not watched it yet, but okay. you know, I'm I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I was just I wanted to shout them out because that's that's really great. You know what I mean? Like filmmakers in Richmond, but especially you know I, I know so many filmmakers in Richmond, uh, but only one of them black. Um, so I mean, it's just really encouraging to see that. People are still following their dreams, even during COVID. Like, you know, he wrote this, he put it together, he got interviews together and stuff like that and dropped it during this year, you know, uh, which was a very hard year. Um, But This is Black is a documentary that aims to educate our community and outside of our community on what really is Black. We aim to highlight the things that most don't consider Black. Mm. Um, So it's really interesting. It seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, so check that out. Check that out. It's on Facebook. You can watch it anytime. Um, yeah, I'm gonna watch that soon. Jay, that that got that may have to be the, you know, maybe not the next. I don't know. It could be the next. Hmm. What you think, Jay? Well, hey, let's let's give it a shot. Did Did he tell you why he spelled black B L A C C? No, but you know what? I'm, just, I'm gonna ask him because I'm curious now. Now that yeah, you said, he's got my interest. Maybe he tried to put black the normal way, but he couldn't because maybe that was taken already. Maybe he had to change it. Yeah, uh, interesting yeah. point. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or yeah. black isn't what everybody expects it to be or thinks it is. Mm. Mm. That's a good call. Yeah, good point. Good point. We'll have to find out by by uh, checking out sometime. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get it in. Um I'm going to throw the reins over to my main man, Jay, since this is an extension of his segment, Hit Picks. Let's uh, let's do it. Go ahead, Jay. Right, right on. This is the Hit Pick Takeover. Break over. Yo. All right. Here we go. So today we're going to be talking about The Battle of Algiers, a 1966 film. Uh, you Basically, a, a co-production from like Italy and Algeria coming together to talk about one of the pivotal, um, you know, just really the pivotal, one of the pivotal uprisings, uprisings that led to the Algerian independence in 1962. Uh, but the events of the film take place between 1954 and 1957 and uh, really talk about the FLN, the Algerian, uh, this Algerian uh, militant movement that was underground and really just tried to use guerrilla warfare tactics and uh, terrorism, acts of terrorism, to try to um, to really fight for their independence against the French, who were uh, basically had colonized 
Algeria ever since the 1830s. Mm. And so 130 years of, of, uh, of really just French, uh, French um, govern, uh, you know, uh, you know, in Algeria. And so they're trying to get their independence, uh, um, you know, and I think just so many different amazing things about this film, you know, but uh, we can go into that in just a little bit. But just to, just to give you a heads up, you know, directed by Gio Pontecorvo, it's amazing about this guy is because he only really did uh, just a handful of feature-length narrative films. And, uh, and so it's almost like he caught lightning in a bottle here because none of those other movies really uh, have the same reputation and have garnered mm. the, same, uh, the same love and appreciation that, uh, that Battle of the Jeers has. It uh, won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival. That is the grand prize at the Venice Film Festival uh, back in 66. And uh, also it was banned in France. Banned mm. in France for people who, uh, because of the controversy surrounding uh, that you had um, a divided, uh, you know, divided uh, groups, you know, in regards yeah. to how people felt about uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, having control over Algeria. And then, but eventually they would release it in 71. Um, I mean, the film is, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been uh, recognized as one of the all-time great classic films. It, uh, a 2012 oh. poll from Sight and Sound magazine, which is basically a t- every 10 years, a, a poll is done of critics of around the world, the, picking the top 10, well, basically there, these, each critic submits their top 10 best movies or favorite movies. And then you have like a list of 250 altogether uh, based on how many votes each movie gets. Well, Battle of Algiers was in 48th place in the critics' oh. poll of the all-time greatest films. And I definitely think it most deservingly should be there on that list. And also, interestingly enough, it also was used by the Pentagon in 2003. And they used it as they were trying to research the film and be able to understand where the French authorities were coming from in regards to how they handled uh, guerrilla warfare and the, the acts of terrorism that the French were dealing with. And that was able to be, um, that gave them insight as they were dealing with the war in Iraq in the early 2000s. And so okay. really fascinating stuff, a lot of stuff with this movie, um, a lot of controversy, a lot of history, uh, fantastic film. I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, what did you guys think about the movie? Wow. Do you want an overview or? <laughs> I, I just want to get like maybe initial thoughts. If you could sum it up in a shorter time than I just sum, uh, summed up the, the movie, review, you know, like the summary. Yeah. Giving me like one minute. Yeah. So I first saw the film almost 15 years ago um, in school. And I think then a lot of, a lot of the aspects of the film stuck with me. And uh, Jay, you and I discussed this on a bike ride a while back. It was it's kind of incendiary um, and insightful, like I-N-C-I-T, uh, like rioting or just people revolting. Mm-hmm. And just watching it again after so long, I, I, I still feel it still has some sensational pieces to it. Uh but I don't think I really get a sense of the struggle or the oppression that the people who are doing the revolting um, experienced. Um, I think the things that still ex- stick with me throughout the film are just like the feelings of bitterness toward the, the, the French government and 
how it's affecting the people in their their home, and even how uh, the these people are stuck in what seems very much like a ghetto from the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and they're having to be watched over by um, white people essentially yeah. this whole time. Um, but I, I I did enjoy it. Um, I think there's still a lot that I'm still processing mm-hmm. uh, where it finishes uh, in the end. You know, like this. Are we allowed spoilers? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I think this is a. I mean, the movie came out over you know fifty years. Oh, okay. Before, so I think totally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just a heads up, everybody. Spoilers. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. There's you know the revolts somehow you know reignites and people don't don't understand why. Um, but I think we have a great idea, and I think it's very much like what's happening today. You know, it goes quiet for a while, but. You know, we're still feeling things. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm a uh, man. I'm gonna tell you my experience uh, watching this film. So I was super hyped. I was so hyped that um, one night, it man, it was like a. I think it was a Monday night too, man. Like I just set it up all wrong, man. Ooh. Like after a long day's work, <laughs> it's like ten thirty. And I was like, I'm going to watch this movie now. Like, I'm laying in bed with my computer. You know, wife is fast asleep. And I have my headphones in, and I'm watching this movie. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess I didn't expect an idea. What, what I, didn't, I didn't know what I expected. You know what I mean? For one, I think I had forgot that it was in a different language. Um, so I was like, okay, okay. I, I can still hang. You know, I'm a, I'm a movie connoisseur, okay? Man... It was about 30 minutes in to where I was like, I have to finish this tomorrow. <laughs> I could not do it. Um, so I and actually I probably watched this movie three or four different times. Mm. Um, but all the way through, probably watched it only twice all the way through. <laughs> but I've probably sat down to watch it four times. Not because it was a hard movie to watch. It was actually a really interesting and amazing movie to watch. Um, It was just that I felt like it was such a long film. When in actuality, you know, the the Avengers is is longer than this movie. Um, But I think my emotional, whatever, my emotional length was being taxed um, on what I was feeling and thinking. Because um, I, I really wanted to watch it without critiquing it. For, I wanted to watch it as a consumer, you know, not as an actor, not as a, a film buff or whatever. I just wanted to watch it and, and, and be entertained or to be to be taught, um, which seemed to be happening. You know, it was uh, what really had an impact on me was I went into it, you know, on the on the underdog side. You know, I'm like, man, that's awful that, you know, they colonized their, you know, uh, Algeria and uh, the Muslims there are suffering. They're obviously being picked on or treated a certain way. I can definitely empathize with that. You know, being a black man in America, I can empathize with that. But once the the terrorism starts, once they're like killing cops in the street, you know, uh, and other things, I'm like, whoa, uh, I don't know if I agree with that either. You know what I mean? I, it just, I felt, I found myself in the middle of like, 
okay, I'm on your side and I agree with you, but I don't, I don't think this is the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different quotes that really stuck out to uh, when uh, the guy, the, the guy that was teaching Ali, he was kind of like, you know what I'm saying? His coach or whatever. Yusuf. And Yusuf. Um, and he, he says to him, he says to him, uh, he was like, you know, terrorism is a great way to start, but he was like, you know, the way we go is, you know, we have to get the people involved. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that's what I feel like even with this podcast, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people involved, you know, um, get the people unified and involved uh, to, to to unify these things. Um, another thing that stuck out to me that it was, you know, my emotions just bouncing back and forth, really. Um, just like, no, don't don't kill them like that. And then, you know, the the French would bomb you know, the French, the French bombed them back, you know, uh, and I'm like, well, hold on, man, we got to do something about this. this is crazy. So it was just this back and forth and back and forth. Um, and I was just left feeling bad for the innocent lives that were impacted. You know, I'm like, man, you know, um, just, you know, the, the bomb killed innocent people that weren't part of Flynn, uh, you know, the other bombs that were planted by the women you know, th- those people were, you know, I mean, they, they might have done mean things, but they weren't killing Muslims. They were enjoying dancing or whatever. And bomb goes off and explodes, you know, and kills all of them, you know. Um, and I'm like, man, these are innocent lives that are being impacted by yeah. a war, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, it, I say it was a great film, very impactful and very, like, poignant. Like, you know, this is definitely a film that, I think people should be watching now because it definitely reflects the times. Yeah, 100%. Um, It is definitely very relevant. Um, So for our listeners, just a heads up, I didn't finish the whole thing. (laughs) I watched (laughs) of it. Um, I watched long snippets. Snippets make it sound like I only watched like a minute of it. Like I watched like the probably the majority of it in different parts, but I like listened to a lot of YouTube videos analyzing it because honestly, I was really lost. Um, everyone, it's not. Ugh. There's no way for me to say this without sounding so racist, but I feel like it was hard to tell different characters apart and that's just because i'm not used to it's okay at middle eastern faces and understanding differences and also this movie doesn't have any main characters it has people, but it's Mm -hmm. the story of one individual which i think is really innovative and super cool um, but it does require you to pay a lot more attention than I was paying attention to. Um, but that said, I think like kind of just letting the whole experience wash over me. Um, it was super uncomfortable. Um, and I'm so glad that we are not experiencing exactly that. I think there are definitely parallels. Um, but I'm really glad that it's not like full on for the warfare yet, but I could understand 
when push comes to shove, like why that's the reaction for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really cool that the women have like such a heavy hand. Um, I don't love that they're bombing people, but I think it's really cool <laughs> that they um, were a huge part of it instead of, I don't know, not participating or just like in the smaller roles. Well, I don't want to say smaller. I was going to say smaller roles of like just kind of like tending to the wounded because that's like typically the woman's role in a war. I don't think that's a small role, but I think that they were a lot more involved in like the actual heavy handed operation. Um, so yeah, on one hand, I'm like, it's so horrifyingly human nature to make people the other and mm-hmm. to make people scapegoats. But on the other hand, I'm really glad that we are making some kind of progress, at least theoretically, because we're not living under a totalitarian regime um we still do have some freedom and some accountability i think there were times under trump that i was afraid of that being taken away for sure um but right now in a way i as although that we cycle through these things and although revolutions continue to be necessary i think i feel optimistic and saying i feel like we are making forward progress though but we're not there mm, right yeah good feedback y'all thank you so much for sharing and uh you know just real quick uh i wanted to share just some of the things of uh, just a little bit more of the background as well um uh, just to maybe provide more context too here is that yes like france it, of course a lot of european countries you know going the route of imperialism, colonialism, taking over Africa, basically, and all the different African uh, countries over the, you know, around the 1800s, of course, was a very popular time this was happening. And you had Algeria being um, invaded by France. And eventually, after about 40 years of, started in the 1830s, but after about 40 years of struggle and, and, and fighting and, uh, and the Algerians resisting the French, you eventually had at least enough order established to where the French were able to have total control of Algeria. And eventually what would happen is that uh, Algeria was, would be a, a French province, a French province. But it's interesting how it all ended up happening that that the Algerians would not have the same rights that the French, uh, French citizens would have, though it was a, a French province. And so uh, specifically even... Uh, referencing, I mean, there were, of course, many different uprisings over the years and different uh, events, but I'm going to highlight one in 1945, right? We all know what happened in 1945. Of course, World War II had ended, and and many Algerian soldiers had fought on the side of the French in World War II to fight against the Nazis. And, and yet, when it was all said and done, the Algerians were not able to get their 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 level of freedom that they had hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um and not to be, they were not able to be treated the same way as equal French citizens. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a month after Germany surrenders is uh, was a time where there was a huge massacre in Algeria. And I think two different towns in Algeria that led to tens of thousands of Algerians being killed wow. by French soldiers. So you kind of get an idea of where this is like the context. It's like 
kind of yeah. why there's this frustration, why there's this, you know, this angst, this, this, this hatred and division. Right. Also to think about this is that uh, reading into this further, uh, a lot of the attempts for, you know, um, you know, uh, for, for, for getting independence were done peacefully and, and through like peaceful protests and peaceful means at first. And they were not, um, they were not received, you know, they were not, um, you know, they were basically thwarted by the French public policy. And, and so they never really got off the ground and got the success that they had hoped for. So it's basically, they, they were trying to be peaceful and trying to go about it that way. And they just were not being like, that was not being met by the French with open arms. And so that of course is what we lead to, uh, what led to the events that happened between 1954 and 57 with the FLN and their, uh, you know, more militant um, route. And they specifically focused, you know, on assassinating police officers, you know, really just focusing on, on police officers in the streets and killing them at yeah. first. Uh, it, it wasn't until the assistant police chief, I think it was, or the chief, the assistant inspector, as we see in the film, who blows up, the, it sets the bomb off in the Casbah that blew up and killed innocent lives mm -hmm. is when the the Algerians decided to fire back, mm. you know, with, with that. Um, yeah. Also something to keep in mind is even you may have noticed in the film how there's, there's, there's an apartheid that's happening here. And, and basically between the, the, the European corner of the city and about, of Algiers and then the, you know, Muslim quarter basically. And that there was rights and privileges that the French had that the Algerians did not have. So you see all this that's brooding. Um, and uh, really, it's uh, yeah. So a lot of different reasons. You kind of see the context of all that, and, and it kind mm -hmm. of helps paint the picture of what what's going on here. Well, I mean, the things I love about this movie. I mean, this this is a I mean a really fascinating film, and it's one of the most dynamic, raw, energetic, uh, powerful films that I've ever seen. The thing is, like this movie was made in '66 which is only four years after Al Algeria got their independence. Yeah. I think that's so crazy. Yeah. That like recorded so recently after, like you don't even have time to really even process your own history yet. Really. Right. Right. Yeah. And I can see why the, the French were apprehensive to the film because it yeah. was still so fresh. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you had this, right. And actually looking into this uh, film further, the initial idea for the film was like, was going to be about this whole ordeal, this whole event, was going to be uh, this idea that, uh, you know, would be like a, a European journalist getting involved, like covering the whole like ordeal and their, you know, their experience in all of it in a more narrative, fictionalized tale. Um, and it was going to be Paul Newman playing the European journalist, which was like, this is ridiculous. A completely different film this would have been. Uh, yeah. In but, but amazingly, this movie, um, it, it's, it, it has this feel because of the, the like how, how current, how recent it was after the events that it was showing, mm -hmm. uh, that, was, you know, that, that we have the film set in. And it has this documentary-like feel. And, yeah. and really, the director tried to incorporate a lot of documentary you know, elements you know, to it and just really being on location as well, using a lot of, like, uh, of, the, of the ideas of like, Italian neorealism that uh, really was a big part of the 40s and 50s of Italian cinema, which you had non-professional actors being used mm -hmm. uh, in, in the film. 
And really that's the case here is that it was just like everybody in this film is not an actor except for one person, uh, which was Gene Martin, who played the role of uh, Colonel Matthew. And so everybody else, which quite interesting how he would be the one that would be the only member of the cast would be an actual actor. Rest of them, all non non professionals and including uh, the person who plays uh, Jafar, who is uh, basically the head of the FLN in that area in Algiers, played by Sadi Youssef or Yousef. Um, And he was actually playing a fictionalized version of himself, like of his real experiences of being in the Casbah, being in, in the FLN, and and really like getting involved in all this, it was the whole book was. I mean, the, the source material for this movie was his memoirs of the experience, oh, and God. this was a. So it's like it's so like meta just even to have the guy yeah. who's like getting all this like stuff happening and really instituting some of the bombings and the guerrilla warfare, who's actually playing himself in the film. And, and being a con- like a, a consultant for the film and, and making sure it all like is is authentic, and, uh, and and so that was fascinating. I mean, the fact that you know, and by the way, he's still alive to this day. Wow, amazing! Um, it, it feels like it feels like when you're watching, it feels like you're there. Like, yeah, it feels yeah. like it was. It feels like it's real when you're watching it. Actually, like, kind of like I mean, obviously, you, when someone is shot, you can tell. There's like, okay, that's not that was fake, but but. Like you can tell that like the cinematic stuff of it, you know, um, you can tell that, uh, you know, that the Colonel guy is an actual actor. At least I could tell. I could tell. I was like, okay, he's an actor. Um, But when when watching it, it's it's you very much zone out into this world of this war. Um, And that's why I think I I had so many different emotions pulling. Yeah, I felt like I needed to take a side, but I didn't know which side to take. You know what I mean? And that's an interesting point too. One of, one of the things I love about this movie is that it really, though I feel like the movie does side with the Algerians more, uh, mm-hmm. and it's really from mostly from their perspective. And I think because the Algerians were the underdogs here too. Um, but really, it, it does do a great job of showcasing both sides and the struggles that they're facing. The Algerians mm-hmm. fighting for their independence, and the French soldiers trying to uh, squelch the re- to squelch the resistance here. And uh, just even trying to see things from both sides, uh, it's really interesting how that works and being able to sympathize in in a sense with both sides of this, which I don't think really very few films do this, uh, at least as effectively as Battle of Algiers does, which I think is fascinating. Uh, But also one little uh, side note I really liked, one little point, you know, you had the bombing of the Casbah and there was a certain, uh, you know, a uh, uh, song that's played a certain uh, song in the score really somber um, you know strings uh, music right it's yeah. being played and that same music that's being played when you know in the aftermath of the French like the, the bombing of the French cafe and the French airport and, and so it's just like there's a, there's that the film kind of has that equal like response to just the loss of innocent lives on both sides yeah. Yeah. And it's really, uh, really amazing that wow, they, it's, it's like, detail. yeah, it's, it's like, um, if you took Star Wars <laughs> and you filmed it from the perspective of the, the workers of Darth Vader and the innocent people who the rebellion was trying to protect. Interesting yeah. point. Because, 
because it's just casualties. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like I know it usually it used to be a joke or whatever, like, oh man, well what's you know, like Luke blew up the Death Star, but that Death Star had a whole bunch of people that were just workers. Right. Yep. Especially the second Death Star. Yep. Don, just, did you see the <laughs> they were building it. They were building the Death Star. And yeah, blew yeah. it so there was just people that was contracted to build this Death Star. And it was blowing up. Like, you know, there's like casualties on both sides that has nothing to do with the story that's being told. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I? So let me just build an obvious connection here. How do you guys see the riots that like took place over the summer? Like, what was your general opinion about those, or about people's reactions towards them? Reactions towards reactions. It's kind of it's it's a heavy one. So, so I think there's a parallel we can draw with the film and the riots, mm-hmm. there's something that happens when an oppressed people um, try to win over their freedom mm-hmm. um, and they're fixated with the position of the oppressor that they become the oppressors themselves. Right. We saw a lot of that this, this summer um, and it didn't look, it didn't look good because they were going after the wrong things. Um, that's, they wanted, they wanted dominance. Um, and this is probably what was going on with the folks in the film. I'm not sure about in real life with the, um, with what, what actually took place. But as far as the stories that were portrayed by the characters, you know, that extreme violence was huge. It cost innocent lives. It cost on both sides, it costs innocent lives on the side of the people trying to um, win over their freedom. Mm. And was it worth it? You know, in the end, right? Um, does it? It's not doesn't doesn't even matter about the optics, but it's just not going to achieve what their ultimate goal is. And so, with the riots over the summer, I see, uh, I do see it as an expression of pain over, you know, like a huge group of people. Um, but there were parts of the riots and groups within those who were rioting or protesting who did not, did not try to win over the other side. You know, the goal to freedom, in my opinion, is for everybody to have it, to have this humanism uh, be established across either side. But if, if people are just going side to side to side from one end to the other, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that they kept saying that, um, I'm so sorry, the FNL or FLN? FLN. Um, they kept saying like, they're going to avenge you. And that seems just like such a dangerous game to play um because like you said people going from side to side to side versus humanizing the other side and loving the other side um which is what i mean i feel like that is what makes jesus so radical and so different than any Mm -hmm. other revolution because i mean i find myself doing this all the time where i get so mad at people for not showing grace but i never show them any grace for not 
showing me grace or showing other people grace. And it's just so easy to like jump there because that's just what our human heart does. And mm. um, yeah, I feel like love really makes a big difference in that. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, everything you're saying just makes a lot of sense with the rights and everything. Yeah, and uh, that's a good question. And uh, I guess, and and what other ways do you all see that this film is relevant to today? Um, man, I see it in a couple of ways, but um, I would just say even uh, with the the just like two groups, you know, like it is now, like you have. Uh, people who, who support Trump, who are all for Republicans, the left side, if you will, um, and you have the right side, you know, um, you have just these two sides, really. And or, you know, they can be broken up into conservative or liberal and all these other labels. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's two opposing sides. Um, and I think just even in our country is still. You have this tenseness. I, I at least feel that there's a there's still some sort of tenseness um, that you know. Even watching this film, I'm like, man, like, you know, what if what if the Proud Boys wanted to really, you know, do some do some damage here? This might be what it looks like. Wow. Um, and you know, I'm I'm just like, man, I'm I'm just one of the one of the civilians, <laughs> you know, uh, in Casbah. You know, just like living my life, um, just doing the best I can under the, you know, oppression that is around, you know, uh, and it's just, you know, I, I will say that parallel probably is the biggest, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I see the other parallel is there are two sides um, where Colonel Matthew and his um, army that's behind him, they're going on at it objectively. And the the people of the Caspaw are going about it just with just for the people. Um, and it's 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 all emotion. They do have tactics, but Colonel Matthew has tactics, but they don't have the people. Um, the the people of the Caspaw just have their cause and neither side is meeting, but when they, where they could meet in the middle is I think where a lot of things are today are, are missing. We're not willing to listen. We're not willing to calm down and acknowledge truth. We're not willing to acknowledge um, other people's experiences Mm -hmm. and their emotions um, you can't have one without the other. They have to they have to coexist in order to to make change or even to uh, make progress. Right. Yeah, it's good, it's good stuff, guys. I think what I guess the the connection I see here between this movie and and or the events at least as well that happened in Algeria at this time, and of what are what we're happening to today. I mean, of course, they are different issues or different. They are two different. Um, levels of, I guess, of intensity and aggression. Um, you know, I think definitely in Battle of Algiers is a much more heightened, uh, tense, violent uh, situation. And um, 
but uh, we can at least even address that in just a moment. I have a question that kind of ties in with that. But um, I think what, you know, at least from what I see the comparison here, one big comparison is that both in both sides, the kind of the power structure or the country in power is having a reckoning with the past hurts uh, mm. of, of an oppressed people. Wow. You know, basically uh, like a long, long time, a long history of, of oppression or, or racism, uh, prejudice or, you know, which which I think we, we are seeing now and pe- people are talking about this. It's coming out to the light. You talk about systemic racism, talking about, um, you know, uh, you know, these different uh, um, terms that are being used nowadays. Right. Like white privilege yeah. and uh, and where, you know, really these things are in a sense, trying to trying to help fix maybe some problems that should have been fixed by, you know, back in the day that we just never got, that the country never got around to kind of resolving for the sake of equity for all races. And I think maybe it's the same thing we see here in the Battle of Algiers, where there's just, there's just a lot of hurt uh, from, a, 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 you know, that, that, that a press group has experienced and they're fighting for their equity they're fighting for their equality to be treated the same to be treated with fairness and uh and i think that's that's basically the the reckoning that's happening wow yeah most definitely uh yeah i I guess you know of course this film is all about the effects i think of colonialism you know and and all that and and i think but in our 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 podcast is about matters of race right and so i want to know to get your thoughts here um based on what you've seen in the film, what is the connection you, you see between colonialism and racism? Both are, both are built to control and or dominate someone else. You know, both allow you to, you know, ignore your neighbor's wants, needs, values, thoughts, um, both of them allow you to not have to seek the understanding of your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, the, specifically those that don't look like you. Yeah. Um, they just allow you to, I guess, it, they, I guess they both fill you with this false sense of dominance of I am, I, I'm better than that guy. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's false. It's a false sense of that, that type of pride. That's what I would say. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it just has to do with, um, like, colonialism just creates this otherness and inferiority because colonizing someone innately communicates our people are better and we mm-hmm. deserve this land more, we deserve these resources more we're more powerful than you and we control you. And so it only falls naturally that people would end up with racist ideology because the other people are are worse. Like that's just what's being communicated by authority, which has a huge, huge, huge impact on people, even just like subconsciously. So I feel like there's honestly no way of getting around it. I think colonialism is not the same as if a country is asking for someone's help. I think colonialism implies that it's like forced upon them. So I feel like it 
100% always goes hand in hand. True. Yeah. And good, good sharing y'all. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of go back to what I was hinting at earlier when I was talking about the, uh, the fact that the battle of Algiers more aggressive, um, I guess depiction uh, compared to what we will be seeing, though we've seen a lot of aggression, a lot of tense moments in the last you know, several months. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the, you know, just, just the stuff we see in battle of Algiers where bombings are happening, where, where you have forms of torture uh, that are, that are happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, and of course just people like police officers just, you know, frequently can consistently being gunned down in the streets here in the battle of Algiers, I guess, my question would be, would what we see here in 2020, could that be like a prequel to what could yes. a prequel to what we see here in, in Battle of the Jeers? Could you could you foresee in America's future acts of terrorism uh, being committed in I guess from either side, just in the name of, you know, and uh, their their cause, whether it's combating systemic racism and it's about, you know, equality. Or if it's you know, the idea of maintaining uh, power, maybe let's say from what you mentioned, the Proud Boys, or you know whether it's a, a, a far right group or a far left group, would you could you foresee this happening in our in our future where we have acts of terrorism being committed by by uh, resi- uh, citizens of America? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, just and this goes along with your last question too. There's colonialism, you know, here in America and. You know, black people weren't exactly colonized. Native Americans were colonized, and there are still latent effects um, on those people, wow. and still on black people are impacted by, you know, colonization and slavery, enslavement, um, and that echoes in the film. You know, colonization will have this long tail of 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 reactions that will happen and you know there may be moments that happen today and we're probably experiencing it right now a big blip in our our history that will have another set of dominoes that will go down because of what we decided to do today so i think it will repeat itself i think there will continue to be more effects um that 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 follow what we're experiencing right now right I, i feel like um you know, I've said before, you know, this is year 400 since, you know, hmm. 1619. And that's when the first, you know, Africans came over. Um, so it's been 400. And I remember telling somebody else, I was like, man, I feel like out of these 400 years, I feel like black people have been rather generous and rather forgiving because it, I feel like any other people would have been done something about this. Wow. Um, for whatever reason. I feel like black people have just been like, you know what? We can we can do this together. I mean, you know, I feel like our leaders have had a really big impact in keeping us a part of some type of hope wow. that things will change at some point. When you mean leaders, I, you're talking about like Martin Luther King. I'm I'm talking about Martin Luther King. Um, some some aspects of of Malcolm X, uh, mm-hmm. Medgar Evers. You can mm-hmm. go back to Frederick Douglass. Um, and W.E.B. Du Bois um, and Booker T. Washington. You know, the, there's been just leaders throughout that have 
helped make changes in certain ways. I feel like people that have just joined or at least have, I guess, the movement that's been happening now where we see more outrage from um, people who are not people of color, um, that are like allies um, and some of the other things that happen, I think there's where you'll start to see more of, uh, you know, hatred towards the other side or hatred for the hater, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and possibly even violence. Um, And I do think there's people in the black community that's also fed up. Um, I like to, I like to think that the black Panthers for one had a, you know, a positive mission. Um, They got cut short, but who's to say that there isn't some type of black sect that is, prepared and waiting and ready you know um so you know that this was required watching for the black panthers that this movie was mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah it was required watch i mean jay already talked about it for the u.s government for iraq iran iraq um but it was required watching for a lot of different movements good and bad <laughs> um but black panthers was one of them which is really crazy yeah yeah. yeah, and I yeah. think it's also a testament to the influence of this film and just how it's had influence, of course, not just in cinema, but also mm-hmm. in political movements, uh, uh, you know, throughout the world and in um, governments around the world. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to be optimistic that, you know, that we would never see something like that happen in our country. But, you know, we are flawed human beings and we live in, in a in a, in a world uh, filled with a lot of hate and oppression and um, division and um, and that uh, and a lack of understanding, I think. I, I also find it fascinating to consider, just as we were talking, what if, you know, one of the things I think is, that perpetuates this, of course, is social media and, mm-hmm. and, and just how ideas get right. spread and, and everything uh, so quickly. And uh, you have people in their subsects and their different groups that can just find mm-hmm. people to... Their echo chambers, people that they can get a, can agree with, and then just like get into their different groups, and then and then uh, from that just build these factions out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me wonder what would have happened, how would have the internet affected the the Algerian you know battle for independence, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably a different topic of discussion for another day. But it's just speculative, <laughs> of course, but it's fascinating to think about. One last question for you all. Because I want to end on a positive note here and remain okay. hopeful, right? And, and what can we do to prevent, you know, uh, I guess this stuff from happening, right? The kind of stuff we see in the film, bombings, uh, you know, of, of places done by, you know, done by people, you know, just like people being gunned down in the streets, um, just torture that's being mm-hmm. used, you know, on, on citizens. Um, you know, all, all this different stuff that's happening in the film, right? all these atrocities Mm. how could we as a nation prevent these kinds of atrocities from happening here sponsorships for embrace matters of race podcast number one (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot a lot of sponsorships come on bring them on (laughs) yeah but i mean that's not far off from my answer honestly it you know i think uh People, people talk a big game, you know, uh, people talk a big game when it comes to change 
and what is right. They're very, you know, we're going to get into this one day. I promise we're going to have an episode on cancel culture. Um, but people talk a big game when it comes to uh, justice and what's right and what's wrong uh, or even what they're in support of. Um, but, you know, there are so many positive movements in Richmond in, in and around America that are that have been working hard, that are still working to make changes there are movements all around us that we completely ignore. Yeah. It seems as if culture, it rather wants to, there's this need, this human need to stir the pot more. Mm. You know, it's almost like you get a, a hit of dopamine every time you stir the pot a little bit, you know, and it's like, oh, you get addicted to it. Like, I want to stir the pot. Um, I feel like what will help is you know christ (laughs) to be honest with you yeah uh god or you know god's principles god's ways you know like i think somebody said it uh, another episode where you know we've tried everything instead instead of christ we've tried everything in the book throughout history we've never tried god's ways we've never tried the things that he's laid out um that's what i would say True. I would say similarly, you know, a great sponsorship is just listening Mm -hmm. to people who have these experiences and elevating those voices. You know, it doesn't have to be embrace matters of race. Right. It can be other thought leaders. It could be other people who are on the side of the people, you know, those people are listening to people and they're elevating their voices. If you elevate that person's voice, everybody else will hear it. Right. And I think it'll take our leaders to do the listening in order to, to see that outcome. Of course, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Kelly Jane, any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think that listening is amazing. I think this question feels kind of intimidating to me because um, you mentioned earlier how the Algerians had made many efforts, peaceful efforts, to make progress for their people that were turned down. And so it just felt like the only other option was revolution. And I just like that echoes so clearly to today. I mean, so many demonstrations done by black and brown people just trying to be seen as humans. And then that's why the riots happened because they didn't feel like they were being listened to. Um, So I suppose that listening is definitely a preventative measure (laughs) from getting to that point where revolution, like violent revolution is the only option. Um, it's been really cool because I've a lot of people have expressed around me like I can't understand why anyone would vote for Trump and I got to be like I can (laughs) because we talked to a Trump supporter on this podcast and um, I was able to just like share like it's not that he voted for Trump because he just loves racism he voted for Trump because of these values Um, so it was cool to yeah kind of be like a a bridge in that way um even if i don't agree necessarily with all those values or the weight to those values 
anyway, that's all just to say that um, really listening to understand the other side makes all the difference in the world. Um, and I think that really humanizes people. I think that's a huge reason why war can happen is because you stop humanizing the other side and they're just they're just bodies at that point that you need to like, mm-hmm. run down to get what you want. Um, but really listening to the other side like prevents that from happening. Yeah. yeah, I think it's having some good conversations, listening to one another is key. Humility, I think, is is the key thing. Yeah, you know, I think the whole thing with with France is that they they didn't want to let go of Algeria, and uh, I think it's really a pivotal moment in the film where Colonel Matthews con- uh, confronting the or answering the questions of the new uh, journalists, and it's like, hey, you do, you need to decide. France need to decide whether or not they want to stay in Algeria, and if they want to, they should be able to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's oh, basically what could have prevented a lot of this would have been if just France would be willing to to comply and been willing to listen to the, to the needs of the Algerian people and would have been willing to surrender in a sense, their, their, um, their grip on that, on that country. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I think if, you know, those who hold the power and the authority uh, are able to have an attitude of surrender and are able to uh, be willing to comply and be willing to consider the needs of the people that uh, have, have who, who have felt oppressed for so long, then I think we would see a lot of progress in our nation. If people can just have the stature and the disposition of humility, uh, if yeah. people in power and those people in authority, politician, uh, on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, really come together and, and really take, uh, you know, just a, a level of consider what people are saying with, with, with definitely great respect and mm-hmm. consideration and really uh, humble themselves and listen. I think you'll see a lot of progress in our country. Yeah. Yeah. So final grade here, guys, what, what is your review? What is your star rating? What's your thumbs up rate? What, whatever your grade is of this film, what, what would you say? Carl? I would say five toe beans. Five toe, five five toe beans. Little cat, cat beans. Little oh, five out of five? Five out of five. Right on. There you go. A full paw. <laughs> I give it an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. I think that's what a B plus. Yeah. Okay. So four out of five. I don't like the ten rank. I'm gonna go with a five here. Out of five, dear Dom. So uh, and Kelly Jane. For the part you did watch. For the part I did watch. <laughs> I, yeah, I would give it a four point four out of five. I think my one gripe with it, I think it's really, really amazing that there's no main character. Um, and I think that that gives you a different experience. I just wish that there would have been a slightly easier story to follow. Yeah, it's a balanced comparison. For yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to give this full on five out of five, not a cat paw or whatever. I'm just going to do numbers here. Five out of five. It, it really is uh, in my top 25 all time favorite movies. And uh, I just think, really, I have no gripes about this film besides one thing, which is the dubbing, the Italian dubbing, which was common in these films, um, in that uh, Italian studios would uh, would basically record the dialogue separately from the uh, from the actual filming. So you sometimes see it sounds a little bit off, out of sync, 
That's uh-huh. the only nitpick thing I have about this movie, which is just a typical thing in Italian films of the time. So um, you watch any Federico Fellini film, you're like, geez, what's going on here? Uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah, it's it's an absolute classic. It's definitely, uh, you know, must watch for people today. I think it's just as relevant now as it was 50 years, 50 plus years ago. So um, yeah, yeah all about Jeers. Check it out. You can find it on Criterion Channel. I believe mm-hmm. you can find it at your local library. You could also find it at my house. So if you want to just borrow <laughs> you, can, you can find it on Amazon Prime, Amazon Video Prime, uh, for like $3.99. You can rent it for $3.99. That's not bad. It's That's worth what it. I did four times. Yeah. I did it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, Jay. Thanks for that super breakdown. Uh, we devoted this whole episode to that breakdown. That's super awesome. Uh, thanks for our new listeners, old listeners, all of that. Check us out everywhere you check out podcasts. Um, so yeah, thanks for being with us. We've been Embrace Matters of Race. Peace. Peace.